History, the recorded defining moments that build humanity, from our greatest triumphs to our harshest downfalls, from wars to peace and peace to chaos once more, the long, constant battle for everlasting tranquility that is retold throughout history classrooms in hopes to better each generation for the coming time when they, too, must strive for a way to obtain stability, a burden most students don't know how to comprehend. Or you could rave about it in room C81. Welcome one, welcome all, to the Peak of Existence podcast. I'm your host, Grace Parks, and today's hidden topic of Loveland High may not be so hidden, but is still a mystery to most. If you ever find yourself walking down the halls of our beautiful school, you may have to stop and ask yourself, Did I just hear a man screaming? And the answer is yes. The wandering students during class time may be alarmed, but for those fortunate few who have taken the AP U.S. History class, consider this to be a humorous and definable trait of the history teacher, Marty Jaskin. It sucks here. My family was killed. My brothers are all dead. My dad died. The farm that I lived on before I went off to war was, was, was ransacked, burned to the ground. Two of my sisters are dead, and my mother is now an invalid. Maybe I should start a new life someplace else. Out of context, the snippet you just heard from the third period A push class sounds like a seriously messed up therapy session, but is in fact Jaskin's unique way of engaging his students in what would usually be a boring lesson about the Homestead Act after the Civil War. A push is not just a class, but an experience, and that is exactly what we are going to dive into today. Welcome to another episode of the Peak of Existence podcast. I'm your host, Grace Parks. The Peak of Existence is where we attempt to capture and explore some of the invisible aspects of Loveland High School. So let's get started. All right, guys, let's get this going. I'm joined by a roundtable by some of my fellow classmates and a teacher. If you guys would like to introduce yourself. I am Mr. Martin Jaskin, AP U.S. History teacher, Social Studies teacher, Loveland fixture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ian Magruder. I'm a junior. I'm currently taking a push with Mr. Jaskin. And I'm Allison Fleischer. I'm a senior, and I took a push last year with Mr. Jaskin. And that I'm was sorry a for both time. <laughs> <laughs> and I took AP U.S. History last year with Allison. So... I'm going to get this started by asking Jaskin, how long have you been teaching at Loveland High School and why did you choose to do history? Well, I started at Loveland High School um, as a student teacher, in fact, in 1996. So um, I'm pushing into 24 years now. Student taught, got hired shortly after that, and kind of as an early teacher got all of the different best classes with quotes around it, um, taught leadership, taught psychology, taught geography, taught uh, world history, taught regular modern America. But then I got the opportunity to actually start teaching the honors classes that were combined um, that we used to have and no longer do here. And then following that, eventually uh, the principal wanted to start up an AP program and he asked if I wanted to and I said I was game. So giddy up. I 
got on that horse and rode. <laughs> As a student that's been in your class, I can see you're very passionate about history. So was this something that you envisioned yourself doing? Yeah, I well, sort of. As you can tell, I kind of backed that one up. My initial plans were to actually be a spy. Um, <laughs> you all laugh, and it's ha 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 ha. No, but it's true. Uh, I was uh, my specialty is actually uh, Soviet history from the Cold War era. That's what I was doing when the Cold War was still on, and I was in college. I was learning Russian. Um, got good at that. And my plan was uh, the Navy, naval intelligence, and then either the CIA or the State Department to follow up. My dream job was to be actually posted in the uh, Moscow Embassy in some sort of position. Um, and then the Cold War ended, and all my dreams were crushed. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I blame Perestroika. And so as a result, what ended up occurring is, is I uh, went off and skied for two years, Winter Park, in a sort of, uh, I guess you could call it a walkabout, if we're getting Aboriginal here. And... <laughs> Then realized that I had coached a lot when I was in college. I had coached a lot um, even before that, swimming mainly. And so I sort of liked that interaction and felt that actually teaching, because I think the best coaches are teachers, teaching was what brought me to it. It wasn't specifically history. Um, I think that whatever you teach, if you are a teacher or a coach, you need to be passionate about or else the impact you're going to have and also the impression you're going to give is going to be certainly less than stellar on the people you're attempting to coach and teach. So I think it was more teaching than just specifically history, because as I noted before, I'm actually a world history person. So when I got here, I thought that would be the place that I fell. And it turned out that it wasn't. Got into the modern America side of things, United States history, and it's kind of all happened from there. And so I've actually built that after the fact. My true historical specialty is world, not U.S. Nice. All right. So as for the students, how do you guys feel about AP U.S. history? I'll go to Ian because I know you're currently taking it right now. You can now. be so completely fair and honest on this. <laughs> completely fair and honest. and pull your punches. <laughs> so, like, this won't affect my grade, right? I, I can say what I want and I'll still be okay? Nothing. No, no. That, that doesn't affect your grade. You know, it affects your grade? Your writing. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one of those essays sitting on my desk right now. That is, that is very true. Um, I love A-Push, actually. I think it's really interesting. I really love history in general, and that's something I've always been very interested in, and it's always been one of my favorite classes in school. And so A-Push brings that to, like, a whole new level of like time commitment to learning history, to understanding it. And also not just to learn the history, but also how to like prepare for other classes, prepare for yourself in other ways. And I think APUSH has really benefited me in that way because I haven't had a class where I actually have to like focus and do the work and be prepared for everything all the time and always stay on top of it. That's true. I remember you not so caring during math class. That's that's true. Now remember, <laughs> just because you talk like that doesn't mean your grade goes up in, in, in the opposite. <laughs> you know, so, you know, just, you know. I got to try my best. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Allison, how about your thoughts and feelings? Ooh, I thought A Push was probably my favorite history class here. I also really love history. I'm planning on doing that in college. And I think A Push and my eighth grade history class actually were the two classes that made me want to study history in college. And I just really liked the class. I liked what we learned and I liked like the way the class was set up. And it was just overall really fun. Probably one of my favorite high school experiences, not gonna lie. 
I'm right there with you. You need to get out more. I know. I know. I thoroughly enjoyed the AP US history class. I mean, I do remember the stress and Oof, the yeah. panic and all the late nights. <laughs> Gotta get this chapter in. The no. Note cards. Oh, writing the note cards last minute. But there's never a dull moment in Jaskin's class. Never. I mean, even when you're taking the quiz, it's never dull. Very true. But do you ever actually put the people on the note cards on the test? Have you ever done that before? No. Will you ever? Probably not. That's good. All right, good. You can skip the name. (laughs) I do not write those note cards. I only did like the bare minimum vocab for the note cards, and that you survived. I did. I did all right. I did the same. All right, dare to dream. (laughs) Hey, I got like a three on the A push test. That's great. You're above, well over half of the college bound students in this country who attempt it. Well done. Yes. (laughs) Well done. Thank you, Mr. Jaskin. I mean, that's good. No, it is something to be proud of because it is not an easy test. I mean, that the exam is is a beast. Um, and even after the rewrite, where some people would argue that it got a little bit easier about five, six years ago, it's it's a beast. You know, it's the second most taken exam now. It used to be the first most taken exam. Now AP Lang actually has more more takers uh, wow. it, in the past number of years that it's kind of went by. But reality of the matter is, is that from its inception in the 50s, the first AP US, AP US history was the first AP exam, um, all to train young children to be patriots to fight the Cold War against those terrible communists. Hey, there's <laughs> A connection exactly. with what I talked about earlier. Look at that. But I mean, the reality is, is that uh, yeah, it, it it's it's designed to well first make you patriotic. That has changed. I think it's become a little bit less of a biased delivery system. And now it's become something that is just, yeah, it's, it's a kind of a rite of passage, I think, across this country, along with some of the other AP exams that are, you know, those things that college-bound and college-minded and university-minded students are testing their mettle in an effort to go ahead and see, you know, what is that next level going to be like? And I think that if you approach it with the right mentality and what you put into it is the, the right kind of, uh, you know, what you, if you approach it the right way, you can come out of it with some good lessons learned so that when you move on to that next level, it doesn't seem like much of a challenge. Some good wisdom right there. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) What I wanted to bring up as well is some memorable experiences that everyone's had in a push. And I want to start with Allison over here, given that we've both been through the class completely, completed the course. What is something that you remember to this day? You're like, oh yeah, that's a push. Oh man, okay. A couple things spring to mind. First is when I first walked into class on like the first day of class and I sat down in my assigned seat and I looked up and I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting because Mr. Jaskin was very scary and very loud. First impressions. Um, And then he told us about the wooden bat that he has to bang on desks and I was like, oh, oh no, I'm in the very wrong place. But it turned out to be very good because I overall had a really good time. He was not scary and most of his stories were funny. Oh, speaking of stories, one of my favorite stories he ever told us was about the lady he knew who got her thumb chopped off and had it replaced by a big toe. It was kind of scary, but kind of interesting. I met her in Salt Lake. (laughs) (laughs) We have not gotten that story yet. I'm looking very much for it. Oh, it's going to be intense. She had been in a car accident on a summer night and her arm was like hanging out the window and the driver fell asleep and she lost it, rolled and she had huge damage to her arm. So they had all these reconstructive surgeries. They couldn't save the thumb. So she had the discussion of let's just go ahead and cut off the toe, put the thumb on. So when I met her, it was at a dinner party and she actually had a uh, oven mitt on because it had just been attached a couple weeks earlier. And so it had just been grafted. So she didn't want to bump it. So she had an oven mitt. And I thought it was so strange that someone would be wearing an oven mitt as part of their outfit to a dinner party with a bunch of other, you know, young adults. And I said, you know, we were in our 
mid-20s. And it just said, what's going on with the oven mitt? And she pulled it off and like, it's like, toe. And it was. <laughs> you know, I think of that every but time I, mean, I put know, on that, an that, oven that, mitt. It's such a, you got to have that, right? And it doesn't really mess with your balance that much, apparently, is what she told me that her doctor said. And so there you go. Thumb toe. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Ian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to follow up the thumb toe, but... <laughs> I'd say uh, a few memories that are instant in my mind are definitely the wood bat. The first time you used that was quite quite an experience. I don't it was think very I, scary. Yeah. Did I, he ever use I, that I in our class, Allison? I think maybe once or twice. Yeah, I don't use it as much as I used to. I'm you not, I used to use. I had lots of wooden accoutrements <laughs> that I would use <laughs> and smash the desks with. The thing is, is like most of them were, you know, a wooden yardstick, or I had a broom handle at one point, and they would always break. And so as they would break. I had to get them, I had to get a new one. And so a, a, a young and very, you know, driven Girl Scout in class said that she would lay the me that bat. And so she made it out of maple and made it for me. And I usually don't break it out on the first day anymore. I, I, there was a time when I did, but you know, in this day and age of triggers and trauma, I backed off dramatically and I don't bring it out until at least the third day. And the third day I will smack it on a desk when everyone's kind of in the middle of working on something. And, you know, part of my underlying philosophy and belief that if you're completely completely comfortable and relaxed, you're not learning. You have to kind of be slightly, you know, out of that mode. That's yeah. why I was scared of you for like the solid good first month of class. So And look, I I'm all bark and no bite, right? I still feel, I still continue to fear at the end of every single timed anything. I'm always just waiting for, waiting the, for the bat, bat to drop. hit. I'm not sure if you're all bark and no bite. There's the one time you hit the desk and it broke in half. <laughs> well it wasn't half. It was only like the little corner, about an eighth broke off. Yeah, yeah, it happened. You're right. You're right. I broke school property. So and <laughs> I signed it and it was up on the wall. Unfortunately, the custodians, for some reason, saw it as trash. Go figure. They have a broken desk. And they threw it away because I had kept it for a number of years as sort of a, a memento of a great moment in class. After breaking that desk, did you just move from wooden bats to stuffed animals? Because I'm still curious why you use stuffed animals. Oh, no. Well, the stuffed animals, I mean, that's always, the, you know how it is in a class. You, you have that one person who answers, who wants to answer, who tries to interject and push the answer all the time and what ends up happening is is that you have one person dominating the moment and so when I do the break out the stuffed animals usually it's only because I feel that I'm not hearing a random enough sampling of responses and discussion and so the stuffed animal is a randomization thing I started with a tape ball that just grew and grew and grew because I fidget and I kept adding masking tape to it and then it got big and it got to be a good three four pounds and one time I hit a student in the chest oh no and he was asleep and he was falling asleep and I just kind of <laughs> used it as a gentle nudging to wake him up he was in the back of the classroom and the next day he came and he was gog he was good about it he woke up he apologized for sleeping and when he came up front he he said i think he bruised me oh, at that point this is oh, only like boy. my second or third year um the next day he came back and he even picked up his t-shirt and like look and i'm like oh you don't have to just in class and, <laughs> stop that this is not appropriate and but he did have a little bruise and at that point i realized that my time teaching would be short i would be losing <laughs> my job unless i changed what i threw so what i did is i started throwing squishy things and then, of course, because people don't like to have it randomized, what I found is that students like that there's one person in class that answers. Because then mean, it lets yeah. them off the hook. Yeah. It's a nice thing. It's yeah. a pretty good system well, for those no, of us who don't not. like to answer. And so, as a result, I toss those to make you uncomfortable. But then everyone comes to hate those things. You know, you know, it's sort of like the Vietnam War. Unfortunately for our soldiers, they became the ire of the anti-war effort when it should have been our government. And so what ends up happening here, yeah, I got a history jab in there. And so what ends up happening is, is that 
you hate the animals, whatever it is, whether it's the pig, whether it's my, you know, I had a toucan. Now it's, I mean, I have new pigs now. I have unicorns. People bring me in stuff. But then you start stealing them and doing all the crazy things. And, you know, and that's why that pig eventually was kidnapped and actually taken to Afghanistan and back. Wow. Oh, I did not know. Just some good average high school shenanigans, you know? indeed. All right. So I'm going to start wrapping this up, guys. I'm just going to ask you, what's the bigger lesson that you're taking out of APU's history? But for Jaskin specifically, what's the bigger lesson that you're trying to teach students? Well, the history is nice, but I think it is that there is a an academic expectation out there that if you want to pursue it, can be very worthwhile. But I think people shy away from the reading and the deep contextualization and the attempt to apply this higher level thinking in some sort of, you know, grander way. I mean, we've gotten really hooked into this idea of job training and that kind of stuff. And I'm not against that. And I think it's absolutely necessary. But then there's also this higher level thinking. Can we take ourselves to another place? And that takes training. You have to work your brain into that. It's like being an athlete. You have to train your brain to be quicker and you want to have that information on your, on the, you know, you don't have to look it up because if you have to look it up at that point, you've lost any ability to deeply contextualize it. It's, it's gone. So you have to have that at your fingertips and then you can go ahead and go there. Now, I think that's true of any AP class. I think when done in the right way, I think any challenging or honors AP, IB, rigorous class can effectively help those students who want to go that route. And is that every student's world? No, of course it's not. But I think there's a bunch of students out there who aspire to go that direction. And I just want to be able to provide them with an outlet where they can hopefully gain something from it, move forward. And when all is said and done, have a little bit of fun while doing it. I'd say I'd agree with that. Like that's the lesson I'm learning from A push so far is not necessarily the history as much, but more of the. You don't skills. remember any of the history? No, not at all. Yeah, I don't even problem. remember. I, I don't even remember what May eighth might be tough. That test day is. Okay, but <laughs> I think the history is the part is the way that it's being the mode of transportation for what you're trying to teach us, and I think what I'm getting out of it is more the study skills and the habits that I need to hopefully be successful in other places that I've never really had to use before, like really managing my time to make sure I'm doing chapters and doing all that so I can be prepared. I think that's really helping me and also all my other classes this year as well. Yeah, I think A push is definitely a class that you have to have study skills. If you don't have them, then you're going to have to build them for that class. And if you do, it definitely push your limits of like, how well can you memorize these things? How well can you take tests? It's it's very rigorous. It's an, it's an AP class. We haven't even mentioned a date yet. That's good. Uh, For me, I think I'd agree with both of those. Yeah, I think the history is important. I think the skills you learn in the class is important. I'd also say that trying new things is important because a lot of kids are scared of this class. Maybe rightly so. Maybe not. Who's to say? But I think it's an important class to like try out because you never know you're going to like it until you try it. At least that was the case with me. A little bit of fear is a healthy thing. I mean, a little bit. I mean, look at those like guys, free solo and all that. Come on. That's that's just craziness. You gotta have some fear. That is true. It's a good motivator. That is very true. Very good motivator. All right, so I'm gonna end this with a quote from Danny Hallweg saying, "You haven't had a Loveland High School experience if you did not take AP U.S. History." So that's gonna conclude. Yes, yeah, he did. yeah, he did say that. That would be a factual that. statement. <laughs> wow. All right, he's plugging my class. All right, so Who thank. Knew? <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me for this round table. Thank you, moderator. Thank you. <laughs> well moderated. I could use some work. <laughs> All right. So that concludes our round table. Thank you guys for coming to the Peak of Existence podcast and tune in for our next session. That's good on you.
I want to again thank Marty Jaskin, Ian Magruder, and Allison Fleischer for joining me in the A Push podcast. I had a blast making this podcast, and I hope that you guys had some fun tuning in to this episode of The Peak of Existence. Check out some of our other episodes if you have not. The episode Sign of the Times was hosted and produced by one of my guests and fellow producer, Allison Fleischer, where she discussed the history of American Sign Language and how fortunate we are to have that as an available class at Loveland High. Don't forget to subscribe and download us on platforms such as Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks for tuning in, and see you guys next time. Oh, and remember, if your dreams get crushed by Perestroika, just go skiing for a while and then find a woman with a toe for a thumb. Our hosts and producers are Grace Allison, Mia and Allison Fleischer, Maddie Fisher, Sol Fritz, Yashvi Naik, and Grace Parks. The Peak of Existence is recorded in the Peak Studio, a space designed for staff and students by Jillian Cherry, Tatum Gibson, Avery Hedon, and Lindsay Spence. Steve Phantoms provides the music for our podcast. The Peak of Existence is supported by the Thompson School District. The Peak Studio is located at Loveland High School in beautiful northern Colorado.